joining us today on episode number 71 of the Real Life Runners podcast. It's race week here in the Real Life Runners household. We've got the Key West Half Marathon coming up this weekend. So today we're going to talk a little bit about pre-race anxiety or excitement, depending on how you like to frame it. Some of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and what you can do about it. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So it's it's really all about how you frame your mind of of what pre race jitters are. Kevin, you just like gave away the point of the entire episode in the and, first like and five we're done. Seconds. Okay, you can stop listening now. <laughs> no, there's there's a little bit more to it because there's there's so much nuance and some people struggle substantially with this. So simply saying "Don't worry, it's just in your head" is not exactly a cure. Right, it is all in your head because it's a feeling that you get and you can't control feelings. No, and I think we've I think we've discussed that before, certainly on this one, if not if not on this podcast with our children. Definitely you, have discussed it with our children before. You can't control feelings. Feelings, feelings come up right. and they are what they are. Right. And pre-race anxiety is a natural feeling, especially if it's something that you've been training for for any sort of time. You're going to have those jitters, but what you tell yourself about those jitters is really going to make a big difference on how you perceive them and what they end up doing to you. Yeah. I mean, you, you cannot stop the feeling from coming. It hits race week, especially if you've got a destination, you start packing, like, you know, that it's coming, you might be tapering for it. Like there's no way to avoid or pretend that the race is not coming and the feelings are going to come up, Mm -hmm. but how you deal with them, what you call them, how you respond to them, that's that's the big important aspect here. Right, that's what we can control. So instead of you're telling yourself that you're nervous about the race, you can tell yourself that you're excited about the race because it's all the same feeling. It's that jittery feeling that is coming from adrenaline. And adrenaline can either be perceived as being really nervous, like when you get that nervous stomach feeling or as excitement. Adrenaline can also be a source of excitement. So when you get that feeling coming on, you just have to tell yourself that you are excited for what is coming up. Mm -hmm. That feeling that you're getting is excitement. It's not nerves. It's excitement. Right. And what about that feeling of fatigue? Like if you're in the race, that feeling that you get that you're tired, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. I'm so tired. Instead of saying, I'm so tired, you should tell yourself. I'm I'm running at the correct pace. My body's telling me that this is this is going correctly. I'm, <laughs> one of the marathon runners in the Olympics used that one, didn't they? Like, yeah, that like was one that of the was tricks. One of the re- things that she told herself, I forget who it was, but that was the thing that she told herself. That feeling of pain in her legs was the indicator that she was hitting the correct pace. Yeah, it's it's not pain. It's a sign that things are going correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between that pain that you experience when you're racing and pain where like you're in an actual injury situation. That, totally different. That fatigue feeling just kind of keeps coming, and it it means that you're going the correct pace, really. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have a race that is of greater importance to you, a lot of times your pre-race anxiety will be greater also. Yeah. And there's so many reasons why that race could be of greater importance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe it's how long you've spent training for this particular race. Yeah. You know, when you build up to a race for a while. And if it's like a marathon, there could be people on a six month marathon training plan. Yeah. That's a long time to devote to something. It 
it makes the race seem like it's much more important than, you know, going out and running. Right. And especially if it's the first of yes. any, any, any race, you know, it's the first time you've run a marathon, the first time you've run a race period, you know, maybe it's their, your first 5k ever. Like there's going to be some, some nerves around that. Yeah. Whatever it's the, the unknown, the more unknown there is, right. is a huge one. You know, maybe you've got like a big group that you're with. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like a, a super high level of competition. You're mm-hmm. not sure how you're going to stack up against them, whatever right. it is. Maybe you've spent a lot of money on the trip, so you don't want to let people <laughs> yeah. down. If it's, if it's a destination race and yeah. you're spending a whole bunch of money, you don't want to show up and just kind of go through the motions and, well, and be disappointed with the result at the end of it. That's it more than just going through the motions. Cause if you're going to tell yourself that you're just there for the experience of it all, that's one thing. Like that's what I yes. did in Napa. That was an expensive trip and a, a great group that I was with, but I wasn't going into that race thinking that I wanted to PR. Right. You it's so the expectations are very important on right. this one. Right. If, if you go in and it's a race, that's a big destination because you want to do that race mm-hmm. to experience the race. Right. That takes away a whole lot of the, the race anxiety. Yeah. I have a friend that has issues with anxiety and she was originally going to do her first half marathon at Key West. And once it just became this big group thing that, you know, we, we kind of made it our, our first destination race for real life runners and the, the running group that I'm currently a part of, like my local running group, there's a bunch of girls from that going down. So it became this big trip and she decided that she did not want to put that level of pressure on herself because it was already going to be a lot of anxiety just being her first race, let alone everything else going along with it. Yeah, first race alone is already a huge level of anxiety because what if you can't actually finish it? Right. You know, if you're on a training plan for, exactly. for a full and you've only ever run 20, you already have that nervousness of, can I actually do another six miles? Mm-hmm. If you're on a half plan, not all of them go up to 13. Yeah. You might have maxed out at 10 or 12 miles. Mm-hmm. Can you make it all the way through? Can you make it all the way through faster than you've ever been running mm-hmm. before? And not die. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You hear so many horror stories of people of like, oh, that marathon killed me. I, I couldn't move for the next week and a half. Like that's that's not helping the anxiety heading into a race. That's true. I know. It's like when you're pregnant, you know, and, and everybody like when they see that you're pregnant, they come up to you and like they tell you their horror stories. Like right after oh, they touch your stomach because yeah, they think that's appropriate. Exactly. Because all of a sudden I have no personal space because I'm pregnant. Like, please just touch me wherever you want to, you know, or they come over and they tell you that like they had a 20 seven hour labor and they weren't able to have an epidural and this and I mean people just like tell you their horror stories and you're like thank you that makes me feel so much better <laughs> we'll this rub- is my first child <laughs> and always will and rub I have in a your birth belly plan. and I have, <laughs> I have a, a birth plan. I have a birth plan it's gonna go exactly according to this 17 page document <laughs> With my aromatherapy and my birthing ball. and uh, The second pregnancy was so much nicer because <laughs> I, I was more relaxed with it. People would come up and run your, rub your stomach. I'd stand next to you and be like, can I be next? Just, just to weird them out. Like, if they've already invaded your personal space, why can I not take it to another level and make them feel awkward? Can I be next? <laughs> yeah, there was no birth plan on the second one. Anyway, so... 
those expectations that you have going into a race is, are a lot of times the cause or definitely contributors to that level of pre-race anxiety that you feel. Yeah, if you're going in and you, you have like a specific number goal, you're trying to Boston qualify, a personal best, mm-hmm. maybe it just it falls in the category that you don't race very often. Mm-hmm. Maybe you only have like two or three races every year. That puts a lot more on this race to go well. Right, right. And when the... Anxiety becomes too great, it's going to affect your outcome. So it's a matter of how it's going to affect your outcome. And you have control over that to an extent, of course. I mean, there are some people that get these the pre-race anxiety and it causes issues in stomach with stomach issues and bowel oh, yeah, issues. Definitely. I mean, I experienced that. Yes. At my and it was just a 5K. Yes. You know, it was just a 5K. But I wanted to hit my PR in that 5K. So I had. Which makes it way more than just a 5K. Correct. Then it wasn't just a 5K. It then not. it was the 5K that I'm going to PR at. The 5K. Yes. Versus a 5K. It, yes, it was the 5K. Right, exactly. So those expectations caused the nerves and the anxiety, which then caused. Stomach issues, which then caused a poor race performance. Right. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things. Like 90% humidity. <laughs> yeah. It was also like 120 degrees. The humidity was through the roof. It was a little ridiculous. But, you know, whatever, whatever sets up and creates this anxiety, you could just tire yourself out heading into the race. You know, if you're so nervous about it, you're spending all of your not just physical energy, but mental energy during the week leading up to this, you're just wiped by the time they even fire a starting gun. Right. But at the same time, if you just try to ignore your emotions and push them down and pretend that they don't exist, then you're wasting too much energy trying to fake it. Yes. Yeah. You kind of have to have a balance is you can't be overwhelmed by the emotions, whether, mm-hmm. whether it's actual nerves, whether you've, you've flipped your mindset and you've turned your nerves into excitement for this race. Mm-hmm. We get kids, you know, an on the high school level, they get very excited. Some of them are definitely nervous, but some of them are just so excited for this race that they're literally bouncing off the walls of the bus as we travel to the mm-hmm. state meet. Yes. And it's like, well, you're not going to run well tomorrow because you can't even sit down. Yeah, we have one kid that is not allowed to drink coffee on the bus. Well, yeah, or in like the week leading up to the race <laughs> or even look at coffee. Right, right. Because it just revs her up so much and she is already a very hyper kind of person. Yeah, she's she's high already energy. A, very high energy, yeah. which is great for... For the race, but and great if she for our team. if she burns out before the race starts, yeah. it, which is is what's happened before, is mm-hmm. she flames out about five minutes before the race starts. Mm-hmm. When it, suddenly it's like walking to the line, and the energy goes from being really high and it drops. Mm-hmm. That's not going to go so well. Correct. Yeah, that's 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 when it becomes problematic. So, so let's talk about some of those pre-race feelings, Kev. How are you feeling? This is. A pretty big race for you. I mean, this is your first major race back after your series of seizures back in 2017. Yes, back in 2017. I know. It's like crazy saying that, right? Because it feels like it's more recent than that. Racing rarely and a a long buildup, both of those fall in. Is there a big group that you're going with? Check. Have you been talking about it publicly with others? Podcasting. Mm -hmm. Like, There's a lot going on on this one. Do you have expectations of yourself? Yes. Yes. (laughs) There's there's a lot going into this one. You've checked off all the boxes on this one. One of the big ones that I don't have, like I have a number that would be cool if I hit, but if I don't hit that number... I'm not that concerned. You're not? No, I'm really not. Like, 
it, I'm not sure what the weather's going to be. Like, last time we checked, it's right. going to be a little warm, and that yeah. really significantly messes with how fast you can run. Definitely. I just want to make sure that I can actually put out an appropriate good effort performance for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure about that. This is the first time that I've raced 13 in a long time. Yeah, it's been quite a long time. So how are you feeling? I'm a little nervous. Okay. Slash. You mean excited? Well, <laughs> at the beginning of the week, the, the more I moved through the week, the less I would even call it nerves. Mm-hmm. Like it hit me like a week and a half ago mm-hmm. that it was like, ooh, it's it's really coming up. Yeah. And I, I felt nervous at first. And the closer it gets, the more I really am excited about it. Okay. Uh, and what are you excited about? I'm not sure how fast I can go for 13.1 miles. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I'm going to feel over this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when we get into the later segment about how to actually, you know, deal with some of this, like what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. Some of the ways to to hit, I've been working on this for a while about how to help high school kids get through their anxieties and help yeah. people get through this. Like I've really moved into a point where I'm excited yeah. to see what's going to happen in this race. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. How else is that? Is that kind of the summary of your feelings? That's, or? that's, pretty, that's where I'm at right now. Okay. I mean, it's still early in the week. We'll see what happens when we actually show up in Key West, yeah. whether it flips back and kind of swings back a little bit towards the negative. Because it's not like... Um, it's not a constant emotion. Like it's a pendulum swinging. Sometimes it's going well. Sometimes it's a little more towards nerves. It goes Mm -hmm. back and forth. Yeah. You make a very good point. How are you feeling heading into this weekend? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I wish I didn't have a little sore throat right now. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so I'm really hoping that that just goes away tomorrow. I think it was just, it's just from allergies after being in a dusty room yesterday. I'm, I'm hoping that it was just kind of something that kicked up and it will now go away hopefully um so hopefully that that takes care of itself in the next 24 hours but um yeah i think i mean i'm just i'm very excited about it because a lot of my friends are going to be there so it's going to be a really fun weekend and our girls are going to be there with us and they are so super pumped about it i mean the little one was doing a dance around the kitchen this morning saying five days to key west yeah she's been counting down for a while yeah (laughs) so i think it's going to be a really nice time to get away we haven't gotten away as a family for a while that'll be nice um, like you know on a vacation other than to to visit other family members so um you know and as far as my running goes we kind of talked about this last week or the week before i i don't like i kind of have a time in mind like i'd like to run a best time mm-hmm. at this race i i kind of have an idea in my head of of you know a basic idea of what i'd like to run but i'm going into it open and just you know seeing how I feel and seeing how the run goes because like you said there's so many things that you can't control like the weather or I mean there was thunderstorms in the prediction now too and yeah if there's it's, a lot of if stuff. it's super windy or hot or raining yeah. that, that messes with it like I know that I am stronger and faster than I was a year ago like I ran my um I ran my best time in February of last year. Yeah, so we're pretty close to right on 12 months here. Almost. And I know that I am in better shape than I was then. So I should be able to perform better, and hopefully that'll come through. Nice. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, between the two of us kind of going over our our feelings, we've covered some of these points, but let's actually flesh out and and name some of the the tricks of what do you do Mm -hmm. during the, uh, you know, that week leading up where the nerves are are kind of hitting. Okay. So we've got four main points that we're going to go over and then each thing has a couple of different sub points. So first one, 
Make a plan. Yeah, you need a plan. Mm -hmm. It can be as as long term as you're looking. It could be a plan for the whole week. You you definitely need a plan for race day. Mm -hmm. But um, don't forget your routine. You know, just because it's race week or race day, don't just throw all of your normal routine out the window. Yes, as much as you can. Like you know, sometimes this can be hard when it comes to a destination race. If you're traveling or if you're sleeping at a hotel, things like that. They they it can throw you off slightly but there's definitely ways around that. So try to keep your schedule and your routine as normal as possible in the week leading up to the race. Yeah, as, I mean, as far as sleeping is concerned, as far as like which days do you work out on, mm-hmm. try and be consistent with this. I know your schedule gets flipped a little bit because you normally do a long run on Saturdays right. and the race is on a Sunday. So, yeah. you know, make sure that you take things like that into account. But if you've raced regularly, you should sort of have uh, a general game plan for what kind of workouts you do in the week leading up to that race. Mm-hmm. It differs a little bit based off of the distances, but you should be generally kind of consistent in what that work, what that week looks like, mm-hmm. and then tweak it over time if it seems like it's not working well for you. Right, right. And we're going to talk more about some specific workouts Um for speed work during the week before the race as well in a little bit here. But going back just to your plan and your routine, your your fueling and your food. Yes. You know, this is something very important to think about both during race week and then also pre-race nutrition. Like the morning before you run, you should have an idea of what to eat because it's something that you should have practiced before. Yes, this should not be a surprise. You shouldn't hope that the hotel that you're staying at has breakfast open and maybe you can get to it because it, it doesn't. No. Your race starts before the sun comes up. Yeah. And don't and, depend on anybody else. Right. Like if, if there is a certain breakfast that you eat before the race, bring that with you. Have it, make sure you have it at home. Like if you're going from your home to the race, make sure you have all the groceries that you need. You have the food that you need. If you're at a destination at a hotel, take that with you. That is something that is a non-negotiable because the old mantra, don't do anything new on race day really holds true here. Yeah, don't don't bank on oh I'll get there and then I'll, I'll just find a grocery store. What if you don't have time? Oh, I'll probably be able to pick it up at the pre race expo. Mm-hmm. What if they don't have exactly what you're going for? Right. Like, bring as much as you possibly can right. to leave as little in doubt. Yeah, because the breakfast that you have the day before the race is probably not that big. It's probably small enough that you can pack that. Yes, yeah, definitely. Even in a carry on. Yes, and you know have a have an idea for the meals on the day before also. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on what that race is, you might be in the middle of a carbo loading process mm-hmm. here. So you want to have some control over your lunch and dinner the day before. Right. You know, if especially for like a full marathon, the lunch on the day before mm-hmm. should be your big meal, mm-hmm. not the dinner. Everyone's right. all worried about making sure that they get a pasta dinner and some garlic bread. Right. That one does not need to be that. That's a smaller meal. Mm-hmm. Lunch is a big one. Yeah, because you don't want that heavy stomach, the full of undigested food the next morning when you wake. I mean. The, the food will be digested by the next morning, but if you eat late and if you eat a heavy carbo laden rich meal like that you're still going to have that heaviness in your stomach the next day when you wake up. Yeah, you want to make sure that it comes in and, and has time to move its way through you. Move its way through <laughs> you. Yes. Okay. Point number three: mid run fuel. Know what you're taking during the during your run. You know, if it's a 5K, you, you don't need fuel. You don't need fuel. Okay. You don't even need the water. You don't the- even need water. But if you practice with water, then feel free to take some water. Okay. But I did that. I made this mistake in one of my 5Ks. Like I never 
drank water in my you oh, know, this runs. was one of your really early races. Yes. My, yeah, and so then it was it was warm that day, and I took water at the one mile mark, and like a half a mile later, I I got the worst side stitch. Yeah. I'm like, well, why did you take that cup of water? You're like, well, it was hot. I thought it'd be good for me. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a three mile race. You've right. never taken water before. Yeah. That's that's changing things. You've never done water in the middle of a workout. Mm-hmm. Now is not the time to start. Right. But mid run fueling, especially for a longer race, half mm-hmm. marathon, full marathon. Yeah. Don't rely necessarily on. Um, on the race to have what you want. Right. If you're very specific about it, if you've practiced multiple things and everything seems to work okay with you, I, then, then you'll probably be fine. But I would suggest like, especially if you're doing a bigger race, going to the website of the race and checking what their, um, their fuel is that they're giving out on the course. Yeah. Do they have water? Do they have water and, and some sort of sports drink? Is that available at every single water stop? Or right. Just and what, what kind of sports drink yes. also? Like, because maybe Gatorade is okay, but they have other brands out there that maybe don't sit well with you. Yeah. So you've got to know what's coming into it. And or, you don't know what flavors they're going to have either. Or you go to the wrong side of the road. It turns out that it's fruit punch on one side, but it's orange on the other oh. and you can't handle an orange, like right. whatever it is. Um, during during race, I rarely go with the sports drink. I usually just try and take down water. Mm-hmm. Um, was it last full marathon mm-hmm. that I had a, an amazing partner in this that my wife was actually driving around the course and handing me goose as I ran by. And water bottles. And water bottles. Because it's hard to drink out of a cup, especially when you're running as fast as you are. Yes, yeah, super so, hard. I'm, I'm not good at that one. Well, so I had a water bottle for you at mile like 12 and 19 that you could actually squirt into your mouth. Yes. And then just I had just throw it on, throw it on the sidewalk. I'll go, I'll, I'll go get, I'll get it. it. I'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a specific gel that you used that you had practiced before and you knew like you wanted one that had caffeine in it. That's the biggest thing is I can take down most fuels. I've tried so many different things over the years, but I really like to race with the caffeinated gels. Right. You know, I can put down whatever like, Ooh, that was fruit punch and I really wanted the coffee flavor or whatever. Yeah. I can handle it, but I want the ones with caffeine because mm-hmm. I think it helps me. Right. And when you have those question marks that can help, that can create more anxiety, right? Like if you don't know what kind of fuel you're going to get? What if they don't have it at the right point in the race? They, they say that they're going to oh. have gels at miles 5, 10, 15, but when you get there, they ran out or they didn't have it there for some reason. And yes. I've heard that so many times. Space Coast Marathon. I did that one. Yeah. They were like, we're going to have gels at this mile mark and gels at this mile mark. And when I went by the first time, mm-hmm. they were there. It was a water stop and they were there passing out waters, but they had not even opened the boxes of gels yet. Yes. And you're, you're not the kind of runner that can just stop and wait for them to open the box. Like you're trying to win the race. There were, there was going to be plenty of gel by the time the major pack got through. Yes. But the top, like probably five to 10 people in the race Mm -hmm. shot right past that. And there was no fueling for them. Mm -hmm. You could have gotten water. That was it. Yeah. And I was not, I was not stopping at that point. I was, I was going and like, I just missed gel at that one. Right. And I really kind of wish I had some. Yeah. That was one of your takeaways from that race. I remember when we were talking about it afterwards, you're like, I did not fuel properly. That's why you were driving around all over the place and helping me fuel for the next one. Yeah. Cause I had to make sure that you had what you needed. Yeah. This race coming up, I'm taking a gel pack during the race and I have a little zipper in the back of my shorts that Mm -hmm. I can carry a gel. Right. 
Yeah, so make sure that you have a spot to put that gel. Like if you need to get a belt or one of those fuel things with the water bottles in it because you like a specific sports drink and a specific flavor, have what you need. And make sure that you've practiced with that before as well because some people, a lot of people like um, the handheld water bottles. Yeah, definitely. And so I was excited to try that and it made my hands swell up. Oh, yes. Remember? Yep. I had filled it with one of the electrolyte drinks and I took it on one of my long runs. Well, I I did it first with just water on like a shorter long run and it was fine. Yeah, just to get used to the feeling of having the water bottle in your hand the whole time. which was okay. Like I wasn't a huge fan of it. But then the next time I put an electrolyte drink in it and had it um, for one of the longer long runs. And when I was done, my hand was so swollen. My fingers were swollen. They went like numb. It was crazy. Yeah, that that's not something that you want to experience mid-race. Right. Like, oh, I didn't expect my fingers to go numb mid-race. Yeah. That, that's not what you want. Exactly. You've got enough things to focus on during a yeah. race. So make sure that you have the equipment, the fuel, everything that you need, so that and that you've practiced with it beforehand so that you don't have any surprises when it comes to that. That is something that can totally help to calm your nerves. You're like, okay, I've done this before. I've used this product. This is the flavor I like. I didn't have any issues with it. So that's just one thing that you can check off your list that's not going to create nerves for you. Yeah, I mean, the more things that you can check off that you can have that is a guarantee that is under your control. Because on race day, there's a lot of things that are outside of your control. So the more things that you can definitely take control of, right. the better. Right. You know, we, we've we mentioned before at Prepping for a Race, practice with whatever drink they're going to have on the course. Mm-hmm. If you've practiced with it and that didn't go well, then you've got to figure out a new plan. Right, right. And another thing about your routine, practice like the going to bed and getting up early. You know, some of these races, you have to get up super darn early. Like the Disney races, you've got to get up at like 2 o'clock in the morning so that to you can To make sure you be, get to your corral? Right, you have to be, well, that you have to catch the bus to the to the starting line and then you have to get in the right corral and then once you're in the corral, you have to stand around for a while. Then you have to do an impression of Mickey and plus just to get <laughs> in the park, it costs another like $600. <laughs> That's that hidden fee at the end there. Like, like the hidden Mickeys that they put all over the park? Hidden Mickeys. Yeah. So have, you know, have an idea of your bedtime and all of that stuff. Like if you don't sleep well at hotels, maybe bring your own pillow. You know, there's things. Oh yeah, let's put that on our checklist. Bring your pillow because that's that's a requirement. Let's not forget that. But do whatever you can to control the situation as much as possible leading up to the race, so that you can, you know, be have as much control as possible. Like you know, because like you said, there's. A lot you can't Because there's a lot that you can't yeah. control. Yeah. All right. Point number two. During that week about your schedule, we've talked a lot about eating and prepping and things like that. How about running? Mm-hmm. During your week, it should not probably not just be a week of easy jogging. Right. Well, and there's the whole taper, you know, the idea yes. of a taper week. Yes. I think we have a whole episode on a taper. Uh, we have? I... Well, anyway, let's... Let's talk a little bit about it now. Okay, so tapering, there's a variety of different methods to this. The whole idea is if you've been running, just for some easy numbers, if you've been running 50 miles a week, you chop that thing down, and instead of 50, you're going to cut it to like 25 miles a Mm -hmm. week, and then your race is at the end. And your body should feel substantially fresher because you're not running as many miles. Right, so that's the idea behind the taper. However, tapering doesn't always work great for some people. Like You've said this to me multiple times. that Tapering does not work great for you. You don't think that I work well with a taper. Well, the problem is, is that if you cut out too many miles, then your legs don't feel fresh. They actually just feel 
stale. Yeah. It feels like you you haven't moved as much as you're used to doing. It in the idea of don't do anything new that week, cutting out too many miles turns out to be something new. Right, exactly. And I'm already a low mileage runner. I only usually run four days a week, so I'm a fairly low mileage runner. So if you really cut out a run or really decrease my mileage, like my mileage is just going to be super low and leading into a a longer race. I feel like sometimes that's a negative, at least for me. Yes. Most people, if you train as, as a very low mileage, and I would, I would say the way that your schedule goes with the way that you take full-blown strength days, four days out of the week or runs, you are a very low mileage for training for a half. Mm -hmm. Tapering is not going to do much. Right. You know, instead of going out for a five miler, make it a four. Or instead of a six, make it a five. But don't cut things in half. That's mm-hmm. just too much and you're going to end up feeling stale. Right. But at the same time, you don't want to continue with the same level of speed work that you've been doing in the weeks leading up to the race. Yeah, you need some speed, Mm -hmm. but don't go overboard. Right. You know, a little speed might be useful for a few things. Mm -hmm. One, it keeps the legs feeling fresh. Mm -hmm. And two, you can use that speed to burn off some of that nervous energy that you've got. Yeah, yeah. And it can also help you hone in a little bit on your pace. I know that's one of the classic workouts that you give me um, during race week. Is Is it one that you also do yourself? Yes. Okay. So one of the classic race week workouts that Kevin gives to me and a lot of our athletes are half mile repeats at race pace. So they're not not super fast half mile repeats. I'm going out to run a half marathon. That's 13 miles at that pace. So running a half half. a mile, (laughs) right. Running a half a mile at that pace is not going to tire me out. And if it does, I'm in big trouble, but it just allowing me to hit that pace is just getting my body. It's like priming my body to hit that pace over the weekend, making sure my body knows what that pace feels like. Right. It's, it's a nice one. And you, you hit it without, um, without trying to fuel during it. It's just part of a run. It's, it's not the, this huge workout that you, you have to hit in there, but it's just enough of keying in and knowing what that pace is Mm -hmm. so that when they fire a gun, you know what that pace is. You can fall right into that pace. Right. And another classic um, race week workout that you like to put in are 30 second surges or one minute surges without too much of a structure. Like you'll say, okay, every time you hit the half mile mark, do a one minute surge. Yeah. You know, where you just pick up the pace. Like there's no intended pace. There's no goal pace that you need to be hitting. You just pick up the pace for a little bit and then you fall back into an easy pace. And then you do that a couple of times throughout the run. Yeah. It's almost like throwing strides into a run. They're mm-hmm. just kind of extended strides. And yeah, it's like a fart lick. Yeah, it, and it really is. It's a fart lick at its best because there's not a huge structure to it. It's like, okay, like a minute or uh, somewhere around a minute, mm-hmm. roughly to that light pole. This you know, yeah. this morning that would not have worked really well. Super foggy on the run this morning. Yeah, that's what so, everybody was saying. <laughs> it was so creepy when I stepped outside. It was like dark and mm-hmm. foggy. It was, it was weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the surges are great because you don't have to worry about the pace. If you go a little bit too fast, then do the next one a little bit slower mm-hmm. and keep the volume of speed pretty reduced Yes, so that you're still getting the legs turning over, mm-hmm. but you're not exhausted by it. Right. So for my run tomorrow, um, I was going to go out and do four or five miles, but Kevin said, you can do either one. It's fine, but just make sure that the speed portion of your workout is only two miles so that I can go out. And and like we just said, I'm I'm not a, a big fan of the taper because I'm already such a low mileage runner, but 
this way we're just keeping the volume of the speed work low. Right. It's and I mean, I taper a little bit more than you do because I start from a higher mileage yeah, point. Yeah, you, you have way more mileage than I do. But this morning... What did you hit this cycle? Like, what was your highest week? I, I, I stayed around 50 for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but this morning, I went out for a run. It, it was like a six-mile run. But the speed portion of it was only three. Mm-hmm. You know, and within that, I did two minutes on, two minutes off. So I put some structure on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it had beeping watch at me and whatnot. But... Yeah. Did you actually set up the watch on the workout on your Garmin? No. Oh. Um, which is funny because I, I completely have a 2-2 workout set up in my Garmin. I just didn't start the workout. <laughs> I, I ran it on my phone. Um, oh, okay. But, you know, during the pace, I, I afterwards I went back and I looked at it and it was it was probably faster than I should have gone. Mm-hmm. Like during the up portion was a little bit faster. The down portion then ended up being a little bit slower because I wanted to make sure it was nicely recovered. But the thing is that it's Monday and the race is next Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's plenty of time to recover. So yeah. if you're going to hit a workout where you're like, Ooh, I might accidentally do that one a little bit too fast, put it earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. You've got plenty of time to recover from mm-hmm. it, especially mm-hmm. if the volume is a little bit lower. Yeah. Keep in mind that you're not really gaining anything from this week. Like because of your workout on Monday or Tuesday, that's not going to make a difference in your um, race time over the weekend unless you overdo it too much and really tire yourself out. Then it could have a negative effect on you. But there's really very little to zero positive effect that the training is going to have on you because your body just doesn't have enough time to make the adaptations for you to actually see a physical benefit before the race. Yeah. To quote the Prefontaine movie as much as possible, the haze in the barn. The haze in the barn. The haze in the barn. How about that? How about that? (laughs) All right. So... The third thing that we want to mention about what to do about these yeah. race anxiety. Have a plan. Put right? some speed in. Number three, look back and smile. Look back? Yes. So we're talking about after the race. No, no, no. Before the race. Before the race. During the week leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Look back over your past like three to six months oh. and see what you've done over the past six months. Okay. Look, look back over your journey. And look back over this journey that you've been on. Mm-hmm. Look back and say, Wow. I've done this and I've done this because in that week leading up to it, a lot of doubt creeps in of like, Ooh, did I get enough speed in? Maybe, maybe I should have done this. Maybe Mm -hmm. I should have added this to, Oh, I just saw this thing online Mm -hmm. and runner's world said, these are the three greatest workouts to do heading into a half marathon. And I didn't do any of them. (laughs) Look back over what you've actually done and say, wow, look how prepared I really am for this thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Chances are, if you have been on a training plan, you're probably in a much better shape than you were three to six months ago when you started the training plan. Yeah. So instead of making sure that you hit the exact time in the race that you've got, look back with some pride Mm -hmm. in the accomplishment of simply what you've done Mm -hmm. in the previous three to six months. Because that is a heck of an accomplishment alone. Mm -hmm. And I like to try to reframe it also as looking at the race as a celebration of everything that you've just gone to leading up to the race. Yeah. As opposed to like the be all end all finish line. Right. Right. Like use this race as a celebration. Like you just spent six months training really hard for this race. Now let's go out and actually enjoy it. Yeah. See what you can do. Yes. See. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Yes. Enjoy the, that, that's well phrased. I like that one. <laughs> um, you know, this, this race, every race, it's a step 
on your journey. This is right. not the end. Like, yes, that's what you've done over the past, you know, three months, even year. You can look back for a while, depending on, you know, what kind of journal you keep on your running. But it's also not the end of the line. Right. Like, you're still moving forward from this. Mm -hmm. This is just one more step in your path. Right. This one just happens to have a number on your chest and a few other people around you to mm -hmm. join you on this particular step of your journey. Right. And so if this race doesn't go exactly how you planned it or if you don't hit the time that you were going for, you know, sometimes those things happen. But this is just another step on your journey. This is probably not going to be your last race. It probably isn't. You know, and when you look at like some of these professionals running on TV and maybe that's going to be their last Olympics or that's their last Olympic trial or that's right. the last time um, they're going to run as a professional. Right. You know, um, I think it was Meb that ran New York and he, he had said beforehand he yeah. was going to retire after it. That was his last New York. Mm -hmm. Do you see him at the end of that race? The smile on his face. I mean, classic Meb, giant yeah. smile, high-fiving people as he mm -hmm. came in towards finish. He didn't finish top three, and you know he wanted to, mm -hmm. but he was so happy because he was enjoying the overall experience and what was going on with that. Right, but that's what makes the real-life runners a lot different than the professional runners and the elite runners out there. Professional runners, this is their career. They have a window of time that they can be a professional athlete. And once they are nearing the end of that window, then a lot of times they do have to make a decision. When is my last race? If they want to go out at the top of their career and not just kind of fizzle out as they get older, a lot of them are making this decision. Like, this is it. This is going to be my last race. Like, that's a different um, perspective than the real life runners have. Like we're hoping that you listen, that you're listening to this podcast because you are a runner, you are a real life runner and you consider yourself a runner. And for us, running is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong love that we have. And it's something that at least the two of us, we hope to be doing as long as we're physically capable of doing it. Yes. Yes. You know? Many, many more years of running in the future. Right. I mean, maybe not racing that entire time, but I don't know if I, I'm hoping that I'll never go into a race thinking to myself, like, this is going to be my last race because, you know, eventually I'm going to stop racing and that will naturally just kind of take its course. But maybe not, you know, maybe I'll say, oh, OK, this is it. This is going to be my last race. And then maybe in a couple years, I'll change my mind and decide to do another one. You could, to I could completely see you as that woman, yeah. you know, out there cranking out like the hundred <laughs> meter dash. Old. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, where she lines up for the 100-meter dash and just sprints it all out in like 32 <laughs> seconds and then drops to the finish line and just knocks out a set of push-ups. Woo! Yeah, and she was, I forget, like 96. That's awesome. Like she was setting age group records all like every time she showed up at another track meet. Mm -hmm. And she didn't just run the 100. She did like the 100, threw the shot, did a yeah, long jump. Yeah, she was jump. like a I mean, yeah, she did everything. It was phenomenal. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, that's yeah. me? Yes, I could totally see that. Thanks, I like it. But, you know, every race is a, is a step. Yes. On the, the, journey. the key point is that it's, right. it's a journey. All right. Point four. Yes. What to do about pre-race nerves. Point four. Racing means risking. Right. 
Okay. Recognize that. Yeah. You can't deny it. That goes way back to the early one of pretending that you're not having these feelings. You can't just shove them down and bury them because that alone is going to take a whole lot of, of energy to try and just push the feelings down. Racing means risking. Accept it. Anything worthwhile happens because someone took this giant risk of falling flat on their face. Right. So embrace the possibility of failure. You might fail at this goal, whatever goal this is. Like this might not be what you want to hear right now. You know, there's a lot of these motivational speakers out there. You're the best. This is going to go perfect. Yeah. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm good enough. I'm strong enough. And gosh, darn it. Doggone it. People like me. Doggone it. (laughs) Doggone it. People like me, you know, like envision the goal and visualize the goal and you will achieve it. Like you might not like, and, and that's okay. Like, I'm not trying to be negative. Like, I think this is actually a really positive thing to understand that you might fail, but that's okay because you were courageous enough to toe the line and get out there and run that race. Yeah, I think and that, that is, puts you ahead of so many other people in this world. I think it's the complete opposite of negative. Accepting failure as a real possibility mm-hmm. is a huge positive way of looking at it. If you don't fully accept that failure could happen, mm-hmm. I think that it's more likely that when you get into the race and something starts going negative, yeah. if that's the first time you've considered a negative outcome, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know, if in the days leading up to it, you actually consider the possibility of a negative outcome, you've already, you've already accept it. This is not going to be easy. In the middle of this run, there's going to be times where I want to slow down. There's going to be times where I want to quit. Mm -hmm. If the first time that something goes wrong and you have to figure out what to do is mile 21 of a marathon, Mm -hmm. that last five is not going well for you. Yeah. Yeah. And when you embrace the possibility of that failure, then you can start to Think about strategies that you possibly could use if that situation arises. Yes, and that goes back to planning ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, this also goes in the idea of having multiple goals. Mm-hmm. You know, which we've talked about before. There's your everything is sunshine and rainbows, and I've got a tailwind the entire way, even though mm-hmm. it's an out and back course. Like, there's that day. Mm-hmm. It's 50 degrees. It's it could not be better. There's, there happens to be a person who's running the exact same pace that you want. You just roll with them. You slept eight hours the night before. <laughs> you slept 10 hours and took a nap the day before. <laughs> okay. This, that, that could happen. There's that goal. But then there's, there's the other goal that you would be happy with. There's the goal that you would be satisfied with. Have a few different goals out there. Mm-hmm. So when you come in, it's not all or nothing. Yeah. You know, so yes, maybe you didn't get goal A, yeah. but you still had a win on mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. Always, always make sure that you look for those wins. And that is not exactly pre-race um, anxiety, but definitely make sure that you're looking for those wins along the way. Yeah, very much. Okay. You know, finally, the last thing, it's, it's again, like a rephrasing. It's not nerves, it's excitement. Look at the race as an experiment. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is not a judge on your personal value. Right. You know, we talked about this back in the I am a runner. If I am a runner and I have a bad race, does that mean I am a bad runner? Right. No, this is not a personal account. People are not going to point and laugh at you at the finish line. Mm-hmm. I guarantee. No one is pointing and laughing at the finish line. And it also doesn't mean that just because you didn't hit 
that goal today that you're never going to hit that goal. No, it's an experiment. If you look at every race as an experiment, mm -hmm. like I wonder what I can do today. Yeah. You know, what did I gain from this race? Yes. Because every race teaches you something. Yes. Sometimes those lessons are a little bit difficult to swallow, but That's every true. race teaches you something. Mm -hmm. If you look into it as this is an experiment, I'm going to learn something about this and then I'm going to continue my long running journey. Then the, the pre-race anxiety tends to get just a little bit smaller because mm -hmm. this race, no matter how big you have it built up in your head, if you look at it as one step along the way, it's not a personal judgment, you've planned as best you can, the, the nerves just kind of shrink a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely true. Mm-hmm. All right. So hopefully that was helpful. That's pretty much what we've got for today. I know it was helpful for me just to say it out loud. Well, it was helpful <laughs> to outline it and then say it out loud, right? I mean, this is as much therapeutic for us as it is for some of you, I hope. Um, so that's what we have for today. So for some of those um, race week workouts and other show notes, please head over to the website at realliferunners.com. And if you're on Instagram, come find us and follow us. Um, my Instagram username is angiebrown.rlr and Kevin is kevinbrown.rlr. And if you're posting on Instagram, and we we would love to see your posts. So tag us in, in your posts so that we can see you. And also use the hashtag Real Life Runners Tribe. And that is another way that we can come find you and be able to see your posts. We, we love to hear your stories and uh, get to know our tribe a little bit better as yeah, well. I'd love to follow you. And if you tag that, Angie will show me exactly how I can then follow you. <laughs> <laughs> so head over to the website to check everything out, realliferunners.com, and follow us on Instagram, and we'll try to follow you back so that we can keep up with your um, running journey as well. Thank you guys, as always, for listening this week, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.